Well, I have to wait till they sound out for us, Dad. Hi, everybody that's listening now. We're going to listen later. Uh, my father, is, his show is God Coaching with Gene Abbott, and he's here today. And I said, Dad, what are we going to talk about? Because we have talked about some fun, interesting. Uh, I mean, some of it sounds like soap opera, Dad. And, uh, you know, uh, with the Bible stories, not that Bible stories are soap operas, but they got entry, they've got cheating, they've got... All these uh, God and Jesus That's and sacrificing, it. right? All right, I gotta go. You know, uh, see, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, you call it my show, it's the show. It's a show. It's a story. Today, I had a raffle all week long with what I was going to talk about. You know, I've wrestled with John the Baptist, uh, the Prophet John, Apostle Paul. Jehovah, I wrestle a lot of things in that. About uh, 10 minutes ago, I kind of figured out what I was going to do. I want to give you a testimony about myself. And, you know, if you listen closely, maybe somebody will be. Uh, I lived a life that my daughter, which doing the show, is not aware of. Uh, but I wrote a book about a year ago, I put it on Amazon. Listed under Gene Abbott, so I'm not asking you to buy it. It's plenty outsold. But uh, this book kind of gives a little testimony, an autobiography of of my life. But uh, someone talk about that today. Not not that I'm proud of my life. In fact, I'm disgusted with most of my life. But I hope it touches you. If you do, fine. If you don't, then pray to God and he'll touch you. But anyway, my mother died when I was born. Uh, that's not unusual. Maybe to a lot of people it is unusual, but my mother died when I was born. Both grandmothers were dead. I had no female role models in my life. I was raised by a harsh, demanding father, but fair. I remember he was fair, but he was... And uh, over the period of years, he taught me one thing, well, two things, well, maybe three things. I don't know. But anyway, he taught me something that I'll never forget. He taught me discipline and work. He was a working man. I mean, a God-fearing, God-awful, harsh, working man. Without hesitation, he had to whip you for lying, for not going to school, for disobeying him, for talking back. He was a disciplinarian. Kind of, and get out of get out of jail free and all that didn't mean nothing to him he was a disciplinarian that believed in work if you want to earn money but as I said my mother mother died when I was born my two sisters uh, we had eight children in the family and he was a farmer and a construction worker different things but uh, in the latter part of my life there's three of us three of the family living I had uh, brothers and sisters. I had brothers killed in war. I had brothers killed in accidents. I lived a tumultuous life, but we uh, we somehow survived. And uh, I said, I don't want to talk about me so much because it wasn't me. It's, it's God. God means everything to me. Uh, I have a I have a recollection of my childhood. I remember the first day I was in school. We didn't have kindergarten. 
maybe we were backward, but we had a We had to, I remember all my teachers. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to write. And I couldn't talk. So how was I supposed to communicate with people? But communicate I did. When I was uh, first grade, my last name Abbott, but nationally, I was at least the second one, but uh, almost always I was the first one to call on Abbott, A-B-B. Well, you don't get much closer unless you get Aaron. But anyway, my first grade school teacher, Miss Carmichael, and uh, she said, so everybody sitting there, sit down. So we all sit and we had and didn't have a sign seat or whatever we went to with. I'm sorry, sign seat. Well, anyway, I got, I sit down and she started calling the roll. She said, Eugene Abbott. <laughs> I just, I just a little kid. I didn't, didn't, Eugene didn't nothing to me because my name was Jean. She said it again. She said the third time. She walked over right beside me. She yelled down at me and she said, I said, Eugene Abbott. Do you have a tongue? I didn't answer her back because it wasn't my name. And she shook me. She said, I'm talking to you. Do you understand? I said, yes, ma'am. But that's not my name. Anyway, it turned out I, I was Eugene to her, but my real name is Jean. As it turned out, she said, well, your mother didn't know how to spell. That's how come you didn't. She didn't know she was dead, of course. Your mother didn't know how to spell. That's where she called you G. I mean, called you Jean. She said, I said, she did not, that's my name. And I started saying, you dumb fool, but I didn't. I stopped it right in the middle of it. She grabbed my hand and she wore my hand out with a blister, not with that credit blister. And I would then, she wanted me to cry, but I bit my tongue before I cried. But I went straight home. When Daddy came in, I told him. He said, well, I'm taking you to school tomorrow. So he went to, I went to school with him in the morning. And he relayed to the principal what had happened. The principal looked at my hand. And I said to myself, I said, he don't get it because my daddy had a whip for it. Anyway, <laughs> he called Miss Carmichael in the room. He, she made the same statement she made with me. She said, well, she didn't know how to spell. And boy, my father came unglued. You didn't talk about his wife that was dead. She's a lovely lady. I got a picture of her. That's all I have is a picture. And boy, my father went out to her, and I thought he was going to, and I said, get her, daddy, get her. <laughs> he backhanded me, sent me out of the room, and he and this lady went at it. Boy, she said, well, I, I'm really sorry, Mr. Abbott. She said, he said, sorry to mean anything. All you had to do is ask. But anyway, life went on. I went to a, started working when I was 11 years old meaning public work. My father well on the community. Not rich guy. He was just a poor boy. But we had a farm and we raised tobacco and everything. I went to work on 11 and I started paying my bills on 11. I said, Daddy, if you'll loan me your tractor, one of your tractors, if you loan me a lawnmower, you'll never have to give me no more money. And that pleased him. He said, well, what about school? I said, I'll pay for my school. What about all your books? I, I'll buy them. What about your shoes? I'll buy them. Daddy, you don't have to give me nothing. You know, I'm 81 years old, I think. How old am I? Yeah, I'm 81. Anyway, he never gave me any more money. I earned my own as a baby. Well, 
He started he started a church with four people called a pastor. And uh I was forced to go to uh, go to church every Sunday. Well, when I was 13 years old, I had a job at a driving restaurant. Remember now, I'm old enough where they didn't have child labor laws as such, not in, not enforced anyway. And uh, I went to work for them. I get in there, I get in on Saturday night, go to work on Saturday. Well, I work Saturday, Sunday, all I work, and for them. The first uh, weekend I was home, Daddy came in my room and he said, Get up, boy, it's time to go to church. I said, Daddy, I can't go. What do you mean you can't go? I said, well, you get until 3 o'clock. And it was only 3 hours. It was like 6, six o'clock there, so it's 3 o'clock. So I haven't slept for 3 hours. What are you doing at 3 o'clock? I said, I had to work, Daddy. You don't have to go to church. I didn't go to church. Well, that was it. That was a, the, uh, the biggest mistake my father made was when he allowed me to stay home and to work like that, but he liked money. I was greedy, not selfish. He'd give you straight off his back if you asked him, but he believed in work. There's so many people that they don't believe in work. They just believe it's given to them. It's supposed to be given to them. Well, we were not. I was not raised like that. And my daughter, who's on the phone now, wasn't raised like that. I had to make her work at Turk I got in the morning, but I made her work. Anyway, life went on. I was out of church. And I did a lot of things I was ashamed of. I was in a scholarship at State College. Didn't transfer because I didn't like what they went on. Didn't even go to college. I thought I was going to college. In fact, I was accepted and everything. I had a scholarship, full-ride scholarship to State College. Student trash can, went on about my business. Went in the Navy. And... Uh, Navy tested me about three different times and said, uh, well, you can't go where I want you to go. He said, you got to go to college. And I said, I'm going to college. I want to go to Barcelona. I didn't know where Barcelona, but it sounded good. Anyway, they put me in college, put me in flight school, and a lot of things went on before I went there. But anyway, they said, you're going to flight school. I said, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Anyway, where did I go? Flight school. I was in uh, Oklahoma. The United States Navy. What the heck was in the United Boiler from going in the Navy in the in Oklahoma? But there I went. I fly. Then down to Georgia to learn about radar. Next thing you know, I was at Quasimine Island by mistake. Stayed there for about thirty days. It was a great tour of duty in thirty days while they figured out where I was supposed to go. Because I learned how to play poker, learned how to drink beer, and learned how to drink whiskey. I buy beer for ten cents. And you can play poker until I ran out of money. Well, I'm smart enough to know you don't play something until you know how to play it. So I watched for two or three days, and I said, shoot, I can play this game. Anybody can play it. Anyway, I was lucky. I really was lucky. And by that time, the Navy figured I was in the wrong place. They brought me back to Hawaii, and I was in my squadron. But now I was a beer-drinking, poker-playing, girl-loving, man and I was put in my airplane while I was in the Navy I crashed three aircraft and lived through them all well obviously I live I'm docking now I was in ADAC 
Kodak Alaska, excuse me. Excuse me. Chrysler Plane and Kodak Adak Alaska. Watch out a radar shack. Tore things up. I survived. Let trout me know. Fishing? What's that? Trout, not trout there. What's that big fish in there? Running all the hell out of my coast. I can't remember. But anyway, I crashed one on Midway Island, burned it up. Crashed one in the ocean. And uh, everything was fine. Everything was me. Was I, uh, from there, I met this lovely lady. Now, I could drink more beer, and I was a real poker player by that time. I won a new car in a poker game. We live in Manoa Valley. I had the great duty. I flew for 17 days. I was off for 14 for them to live on the beach of Waikiki. We bought a house in Manoa Valley, and life was formed. Probably the greatest lady I've ever met, meaning I loved her. But there's a downfall in it. Everybody has a downfall. And you got to know how to correct it, but I could not correct mine. Mine was drinking, whores, and gambling. Like I said, I was lucky. I really was lucky because I I never lost. Why Why I didn't lose, I don't know. I mean, I could count cards and I could do all this kind of stuff. And, and I studied it and I studied people. Anyway, after I crashing two planes, I divorced her because if you can imagine a sweet lady, unbelievably sweet, an unbelievable pretty. She's an attorney. She works for the city of Honolulu. She's a couple of years older than me. And uh, everything is fine, but I realized I was hurting her because I'd come in from a flight on my perfume. We'd make love and I'd leave. She said, Honey, where are you going? I said, I'm just going to the guys. I'll be back in a couple of days. And that's the kind of life she put up with. But I saw a herder, and I don't believe anybody should hurt people, physically nor mentally. I've hurt a lot of people mentally, though. Anyway, went on my tour of duty. The admiral kicked me out of the navy. I was going to make a career out of it, but the admiral wanted me to ship over. And I said, "Nope, not shipping over, because you lied to me. You don't say that to an admiral." But I asked permission to tell him that. So I had enough sense to know that I said, can I speak candidly? He said, of course, Gene. Speak candidly. I love me, your buddy. I said, no, you're a liar. Whoa. Because he had promised to send me to uh, Burbank, California, just fly the F-15 jet. And uh, he said, Gene, I can't, can't do it. Well, you lied to me. You said you was. I said, I crashed three aircraft, and I know I'm going to die where I'm at. I can't do this anymore. He said, well, get out of day with any, any person. I said, well, I would be happy to, sir. Anyway, they tried to keep me in after that, and then he called me, and he said, oh, you know, I would have juggled with you. Anyway, I got out of service, went to college, studied pre-law, and went in business with my father. My father was, had uh, started a uh, landscaping business, had a backhoe and a dump truck, and 
not much equipment, but a little bit. And uh, after I got out of service and I had my college in my belt, somebody hired me, they wanted to hire me, and I went with them and was slated to be the vice president of their company. And uh, they did something in the end, like, so I quit. I said, I quit. Before I quit, though, I tried to fight the general manager of the district. Why they wanted to promote me after that, they did. Anyway, they wanted to send me to Chicago. I said, hell, I'm not going to Chicago. And I went, got out of service, got up from them, and went, came up to North Carolina. Uh, this is in Florida. Thank you. Uh, anyway, somebody give me something. My wife give me a, something. Anyway, it's great size for fishing race. Anyway, I came back up, went to work for my father. He said, son, you made more money last year than I made in all my life put together. Well, Dad, it's all right. I earned it. They gave it to me, and I took it. But now I quit. You quit that job? I said, sure, I quit, because it made me mad. Uh, folks, if you can ever think of something, remember this. Everybody has anger. Anger is something that you can, you pass on to people. But you got to learn how to control it. As a young man, I didn't know how to control it. I could think faster than most people. I could talk better than most people. And if that didn't work, I'd rather be behind in. That's just me. I'm a little guy, you know. I'm very big. But life went on like that. Daddy said, you mean, did you quit? I said, sure, I quit. I worked a notice. I went forth and bought his business. Wrote a check because I wanted to make sure that the, the kids in the family were not, he was not being biased to me, even though he was. And here I was with a business that had a broken down dump truck, a new tractor, a backhoe, a trailer, equipment trailer, different pieces of equipment, and I owned it like barrel. The uh, things were fine. Big business, big company business, was a, a several on a company that, that I bid on. They give me the contract. And I was offering money. They said, "How'd you get this business?" I said, "I don't know, Dad. It just comes." Well, I bought some uh, three or four, five different pieces of equipment, and I had a tandem truck, tandem trailer, dump truck, and uh, I was doing a golf course. Doing the landscaping on it, grass planting on it, and uh, I had gotten gotten back with the Lord. I was trying to serve the Lord, serve myself, serve my company, and serve everything. And the Lord was at least third place, maybe fourth place. And He kept warning me. He said, "Gene, you're not done this right." I, I could hear His voice, Mister Holy, as Terry calls him, in the Holy Spirit. I could hear Mr. Holy television. You got can you act that? You got to do things that are proper. You got to think that do things that are spiritual. You got to love God. I ain't got time for that. I said, 
money was more important. Not so much money, but the prestige of earning money. I loved success, not money. Success brought money, but I loved the success. If it was hard to do, I was for it. Anyway, time for time to quit the business, not to quit the business, quit today's business or which business. And I'm going to have to sign that one home. And I said, I had one load of rock for my dump, my uh, dump truck. I said, oh, hell, I can carry that myself over to the pit. So I backed up and loaded that dump truck and loaded it as heavy as I could with the rock. Tandem dump truck, dump truck. That's a big one, of course. And I went off to the quarry where it was to dump. And one of me, they wanted me to dump in a certain space. as a space that had a, it's like a cliff, and the third foot drop off. So you drop your rock off or dirt off in that pit. And of course, it is. As I was backing up this truck, and all picked the fingers and clicked it, picked everything, and it started up. But a strange thing happened. Mr. Holy said, I want you to go to Bible college. You need to get instant training. I ain't got time to go to Bible college. I go to Bible college later. I said it out loud if I'm talking to you. Strange thing happened. Truck, that truck bed then opened and allowed the rock to slide out. So as it went up, I saw the truck started. Now, I said I was back to 30-foot cliff in a two-ton dump truck. And I'm sitting almost vertical down. I said, God, this thing's going to kill me. I said, it's tumble over backwards. I mean, me in it going out backwards. Mr. Holy said, I'd like for you to go to Bible college. I don't want to go about it, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make a deal with you. And I said that that fast. I'll make it every I'll go to Bible College if you let the truck break down. And when I finished speaking that, the tailgate opened up and out slid tons of rock. And that front of the truck slowly lifted, sit down on the ground again. You know where where was it this morning in Bible College? There was a beautiful Bible College right there about 20 miles from here from there. And I went through all the procedures, showed my credentials and showed them everything I'd done in college that I went to. They accepted me. I went through four years of college in two and a half years. And it was the greatest blessing that I've ever had. But then a tragedy happened at the end of my college career, Bible college career. I had the theological degree Oh, I was going to be a great preacher. I was still on business for myself. I had general like contract contracting business. I do a business of a storm, but I said I got to sell that. And I had a restaurant. I bought a restaurant. I don't know why I bought the restaurant, but that's another story. We we'll get to that later. At a restaurant, a general contracting business, and preaching. I wanted to be a missionary. As it turned out. My graduation ceremony, my wife, I had by that time got married again, and I had a beautiful girl named Therese. Today she's on the phone now. There I was, and Nancy, which is her name. Jean, I really appreciate what you've done, your hard work you've done, 
but I'm not going to be a preacher's wife. I said, what? I said, why didn't you tell me this before? She said, I want to admit you are a good man, and I want to show you you're a good man. But I want a good man. I don't want nobody that goes around dragging me all over the country preaching. I love God, but I I don't want none of that stuff. I said, well, honey, I'm going to sell it out my my restaurant and and all this, and because I'm going to be a preacher. She went to my graduation ceremony, and the next day she was gone. And there was, with a great theological degree, midden up a storm, and a daughter that was coming of age. I think two was 15 when she left. Anyway, I was devastated. You know, what can you do now? I, I thought I was serving God. Remember this, folks. God puts you through trials and troubles, many trials. Why? Why does it let misfortune happen to you? To test you? For sure. Try you? Yes. Does does he know I'm going to do all these things? Yes. Does he know I'm going to not fail? Yes. But you have to know it yourself. Until you went through some trials, you'll never know. She left. I had started a mission board in college. I had uh, five of my professors that served on the board. And uh, I was disgusted with life. We just, what the devil wanted me to do was be disgusted, and I was. But I just one day made up my mind. I was praying up a storm, not in a storm, but I was praying constantly. And I said, you know, God, I guess what I should do is just resign this mission board. Had missionaries lined up, some wanted to come aboard, some were aboard. We were preaching in church. I was preaching every night in running a restaurant. I had great managers. I had have the ability to find good people that get left to work. And I had a great manager that controlled this restaurant. I'm sitting there in my living room, and I called up the board, my principal with the board, called up my professors, and I said, I've resigned today. I'm no longer church's mission board. I had a beautiful rig. And I, it was we had, a, we had astounding success. And Gene Abbott left the scene. My professors came and talked to me. My partner, not my, not my really my partner, but the man that was instituted with me that helped me start the mission board, he cried and talked to me. And, but I left. I went my own way. Now, remember, I had a construction business. We built shopping center, private homes, radio shack, things like that. We built everything. And... Uh, Owned a restaurant, and I sold a restaurant, and I went out in the world. I said, "Well, God, I, the only thing I know to do is easy to do. I, I'll buy another restaurant." And it just so happened, 
It doesn't happen. It happens automatically because the devil's there waiting to snap you up. It's been this beautiful restaurant. And T worked this restaurant. She didn't work my first restaurant or the first two restaurants. She worked the third one. Um, she was in all of them, but, I mean, she really worked the third one. T and a bunch of other girls and guys. And it opened up this beautiful restaurant that went bankrupt. And it's a big place. It's about 300 people. And uh, I started, and I... Uh, and it was successful. My wife decided to come back because now I wasn't preaching. I was running a restaurant. Well, that's a good thing to do. And not only she loved her daughter, my daughter, which is T. And we went back into the restaurant business. And I was a miserable guy. At the time I was also in horse business, and I bought a farm, and I bought another farm, and we started farming or raising horses, Arabian horses, by the way. Running a restaurant, my construction business, preaching maybe once or twice every year. That's about all. I love the Lord, though, and I can continue to serve Him. Not full time, but the only way I knew how. Because Miss Fortune had cast me. Folks, I'm about a third of the way through this story, but it's time for the uh, machine to, not the machine, the uh, broadcast to run out. Those who are at 2.30 or 3.30. It's now 3.30 exactly. And T, if you got any questions or if you got any comments on what we said before, I was going to talk about your movement. Maybe you should talk about that later now. Yeah, no, no. But we'll do that at this time. It, it, this, no, you did a, this is a great story. You have to come back and finish it maybe next week. All right, because there's more to it. And no questions. Um, you know, so, you, yeah, but we're midway through it, so why don't you finish up next week if that feels right, okay? What do you think? All right, Donald. Appreciate it. All right. Um, yeah, so you guys next week will tell there's more to this story, and I know it. And so we'll leave you. I always like leaving a cliffhanger. So we've got a little cliffhanger here, Dad. So he'll finish the story next week. We've got a lot more intrigue with it and, and a lot more knowledge and humbleness and, and love. Well, there's, anyway. there's more to the, there's more to the story. That was just a forerunner of what's in the story. The more interesting part is the last part. But uh, I look forward to it. God leads me yep. I'll continue. And if uh, you want to write that, see the book, you can order it on Amazon. I think it's about 7 or $8. If you can't afford it, I'll give it to you. There's no problem. But, uh, what's the name of the book, Dad? No, no, no. What's the, name of the, what's the name of the book? God Finding Me. God Finding Me. Go to Amazon, and I've got a copy of it. And it's only 7 or $8. But you know what? Um, most people can afford 7 or $8. And if you can't, then let me know, and then I'll make arrangements for a, for you to get a get a book, okay, from, from Dad. But, um, yeah. Uh, but it's a good book, and it's, not, it's an easy read, but it's very intriguing. Um, and so we hope that you order it, okay, on Amazon. And uh, yeah, well, I know I do, because that's an important thing okay. there, guys. It, it, it's inspiring, and people need to be inspired. There's a lot of stuff now, but they need to be inspired, and that's an inspiring story. So you'll hear uh, more about it next week. And uh, do you want to say anything? Anyway, the, the name of the book is God Finding Me. 
and the subtitles are winning in business, and I've always been able to win in business, but failing miserably at relationships and life. I have never been able to have a good relationship, but a winning business is easy. They say, how do you do this? I say, this is easy. Just do it. I'll talk to you about it later. Okay, TFC, and folks, is anybody out there? I see you. I love you. And really, Jesus is the way. Okay? Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye, everybody.